welcome to The Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's text finishes God's judgment against Babylon in Jeremiah chapter 51. Thus says Yahweh, Behold, I will stir up the spirit of a destroyer against Babylon, against the inhabitants of Leb Kamai, and I will send to Babylon winnowers, and they shall winnow her, and they shall empty her land when they come against her from every side on the day of trouble. Let not the archer bend his bow, and let him not stand up in his armor. Spare not her young men, devote to destruction all her army. They shall fall down slain in the land of the Chaldeans, and wounded in her streets. For Israel and Judah have not been forsaken by their God, Yahweh of hosts. But the land of the Chaldeans is full of guilt against the Holy One of Israel. Flee from the midst of Babylon, let everyone save his life. Be not cut off in her punishment, for this is the time of Yahweh's vengeance, the repayment he is rendering her. Babylon was a golden cup in Yahweh's hand, making all the earth drunken. The nations drank of her wine, therefore the nations went mad. Suddenly Babylon has fallen and been broken. Wail for her. Take balm for her pain, perhaps she may be healed. We would have healed Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her, and let us go each to his own country. For her judgment has reached up to heaven, and has been lifted up to even the skies. Yahweh has brought about our vindication. Come, let us declare in Zion the work of Yahweh our God. Sharpen the arrows, take up the shields. Yahweh has stirred up the spirit of the kings of the Medes, because his purpose concerning Babylon is to destroy it. For that is the vengeance of Yahweh, the vengeance of his temple. Set up a standard against the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up watchmen, prepare the ambushes, for Yahweh has both planned and done what he has spoken concerning the inhabitants of Babylon. O you who dwell by many waters, rich in treasures, your end has come. The thread of your life is cut. Yahweh of hosts has sworn by himself, Surely I will fill you with men as many as locusts, and they shall raise the shout of victory over you. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he makes the mist rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain, and he brings forth the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid and without knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols, for his images are false, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of delusion at the time of their punishment they shall perish. Not like these is he who is the portion of Jacob, for he is the one who formed all things, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. Yahweh of hosts is his name. You are my hammer and weapon of war. With you I break nations in pieces, with you I destroy kingdoms, with you I break in pieces the horse and its rider, with you I break in pieces the chariot and its charioteer. With you I break in pieces man and woman, with you I break in pieces the old man and the youth, with you I break in pieces the young man and the young woman, with you I break in pieces the shepherd and his flock, with you I break in pieces the farmer and his team, with you I break in pieces governors and commanders. 
I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea before your very eyes for all the evil that they have done in Zion, declares Yahweh. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, declares Yahweh, which destroys the whole earth. I will stretch out my hand against you and roll you down from the crags and make you a burnt mountain. No stone shall be taken from you for a corner, and no stone for a foundation, but you shall be a perpetual waste, declares Yahweh. Set up a standard on the earth, blow the trumpet against the nations, prepare the nations for war against her, summon against her the kingdoms Ararat, Mini, and Ashkenaz. Appoint a marshal against her, bring up horses like bristling locusts, prepare the nations for war against her, the king of the Medes with their governors and deputies, and every land under their dominion. The land trembles and writhes in pain, for Yahweh's purposes against Babylon stand, to make the land of Babylon a desolation without inhabitant. The warriors of Babylon have ceased fighting, they remain in their strongholds, their strength has failed, they have become women. Her dwellings are on fire, her bars are broken. One runner runs to meet another, and one messenger to meet another, to tell the king of Babylon that his city is taken on every side. The fords have been seized, the marshes are burned with fire, and the soldiers are in panic. For thus says Yahweh of hosts the God of Israel, The daughter of Babylon is like a threshing floor at the time when it is trodden, yet a little while in the time of her harvest will come. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has devoured me. He has crushed me. He has made me an empty vessel. He has swallowed me like a monster. He has filled his stomach with my delicacies. He has rinsed me out. The violence done to me and to my kinsmen be upon Babylon. Let the inhabitant of Zion say, My blood be upon the inhabitants of Chaldea. Let Jerusalem say, Therefore thus says Yahweh, Behold, I will plead your cause, and take vengeance for you. I will dry up her sea, and make her fountain dry, and Babylon shall become a heap of ruins, the haunt of jackals a horror, and a hissing without inhabitant. They shall roar together like lions, they shall growl like lions' cubs. While they are inflamed, I will prepare them a feast, and make them drunk, that they may become merry. Then sleep a perpetual sleep, and not wake, declares Yahweh. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams and male goats, how Babylon is taken, the praise of the whole earth seized, how Babylon has become a horror among the nations. The sea has come up on Babylon, she is covered with its tumultuous waves. Her cities have become a horror, a land of drought and a desert, a land in which no one dwells, and through which no son of man passes. And I will punish Bel in Babylon, and take out of his mouth what he has swallowed. The nations shall no longer flow to him. The wall of Babylon has fallen. Go out of the midst of her, my people. Let everyone save his life from the fierce anger of Yahweh. Let not your heart faint, and be not fearful at the report heard in the land. When a report comes in one year, and afterward a report in another year, and violence is in the land, and ruler is against ruler. Therefore, behold, the days are coming when I will punish the images of Babylon. Her whole land shall be put to shame, and all her slain shall fall in the midst of her. Then the heavens and the earth and all that is in them shall sing for joy over Babylon, for the destroyers shall come against them out of the north, declares Yahweh. Babylon must fall for the slain of Israel, just as for Babylon have fallen the slain of all the earth. You who have escaped from the sword, go. Do not stand still. Remember Yahweh from far away, and let Jerusalem come into your mind. 
we are put to shame, for we have heard reproach. Dishonor has covered our face, for foreigners have come into the holy places of Yahweh's house. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares Yahweh, when I will execute judgment upon her images, and through all her land the wounded shall groan. Though Babylon should mount up to heaven, and though she should fortify her strong height, yet destroyers would come from me against her, declares Yahweh. A voice, a cry from Babylon, and the noise of great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans, for Yahweh is laying waste Babylon and stilling her mighty voice. Their waves roar like many waters, the noise of their voice is raised, for a destroyer has come upon her, upon Babylon. Her warriors are taken, their bows are broken in pieces, for Yahweh is a God of recompense, he will surely repay. I will make drunk her officials and her wise men, her governors, her commanders, and her warriors. They shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not awake, declares the king whose name is Yahweh of hosts. Thus says Yahweh of hosts, The broad wall of Babylon shall be leveled to the ground, and her high gates shall be burned with fire. The peoples labor for nothing, and the nations weary themselves only for fire. The word that Jeremiah the prophet commanded Sariah, the son of Neriah, son of Messiah, when he went with Zedekiah, king of Judah, to Babylon, in the fourth year of his reign. Sariah was the quartermaster. Jeremiah wrote in a book all the disaster that should come upon Babylon, all these words that are written concerning Babylon. And Jeremiah said to Sariah, When you come to Babylon, see that you read all these words, and say, O Yahweh, you have said concerning this place that you will cut it off so that nothing shall dwell in it, neither man nor beast, and it shall be desolate forever. When you finish reading this book, tie a stone to it and cast it into the midst of the Euphrates, and say, Thus shall Babylon sink, to rise no more, because of the disaster that I am bringing upon her, and they shall become exhausted. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. This is the word of the Lord. This is the second to last chapter of the book, and likely the longest chapter of the book. I didn't do a word count, but certainly in terms of my own note pages, as I look at this text in front of me, um, usually when I do one of these episodes, it's only a page or two. This is six pages um, just in the text itself. It's a lengthy chapter, and because of that, I cannot cover everything. So a lot of the language is going to be similar to previous chapters of judgment stretching from 46 through 51 now, uh, but also even to the judgment of Jerusalem and to Judah that has been throughout the book. So a lot of that I'll skip over. I'll try and fill in some of the other details. I'm going to focus on this first paragraph primarily as our starting point and jump into then other things that you can talk about or other points that might be of interest. So, verse 1, thus says Yahweh, Behold, I will stir up the spirit of a destroyer against Babylon, against the inhabitants of Leb-Kamai. So, this is the continued judgment of God against Babylon. He's going to raise up the spirit of a destroyer. That's a reference to the nation that he will use to defeat Babylon, which would be the Persians or the Medeans, the Medes, however you want to phrase that. The, the Persian Empire under King Cyrus is the one who will do this in 539 BC. So this is who he's going to raise up. And the idea of Babylon and then Lebkamai being mentioned is intriguing. 
We're not sure exactly what to make of Lepkamai. There are those who argue that it's a location, like a town or a village or a city. If it is, it's mentioned nowhere else. I mean, it shows up only here in Scripture. But even in the writings that we know of, the history that we know of for a place like Babylon, a world power, this is not something that we know. So if it is a city or a town, this is essentially like God saying he's going to raise up a destroyer against Babylon the Great, but also against this tiny place too in Babylon. All of the kingdom of Babylon will fall from great to small. The other way to look at it, though, um, as there are have always been in history, those who like to work with things like ciphers and decoding, and there is a a cipher that you could put to use here that would actually have this come out as the Hebrew word for Chaldea. So the Chaldeans, one of the tribes of Babylon, uh, at this time in power because Nebuchadnezzar himself is a Chaldean. So that's the other option there. Those are the two primaries. I will send the Babylon winnowers. This is the harvest picture, uh, but instead of a harvest for good, it's a harvest of judgment. This is ultimately a picture from Revelation chapter 14, where God sends an angel to swing a sickle over the earth, and he harvests the entire earth in one swipe. That's the kind of picture here, the picture of God's judgment, and done swiftly, quickly against her, so that she is emptied out. The idea that it would come from every side is a frequent picture of judgment, that there will be no escape, uh, that all, all sides are covered. Verse 3, let not the archer bend his bow, let him not stand up in his armor, is a reference to destruction. If in their pride they try to fight back against God's judgment, they will die. There's nothing to it. There's no option. When we stand before the Lord ourselves on the day of judgment, you don't have an option. You can't fight back. You can't look at your sins and say, well, I know you said this, but here's why I did this thing, and I think I'm right. That would lead to our own damnation. When we come before the mighty God, we simply bow down humbly and thank him for the gift of Christ, the free gift of salvation that he has won for us. And that's going to be the the thing that's missing here. So this is opposed to their pride. Devote to destruction all her army. They shall fall down slain. Verse 5, For Israel and Judah have not been forsaken by their God, Yahweh of hosts, or armies is what that word host means. The God of armies, the God of angel armies, the God of all this earth, he has not abandoned his people. Babylon has done wicked things to God's people, and God is going to avenge his people upon them. And that's then the last part of verse 5, the land of the Chaldeans is full of guilt against the Holy One of Israel. They have done these various wrongs, many of them atrocious things, and God will judge them for it. So as we then move forward, uh, just again picking up some of the, the highlights, the things that are maybe new to this chapter or, or to connect with, maybe that you might have questions about. Verse 7, Babylon was a golden cup in Yahweh's hand, making all the earth drunk. The nations drank of her wine. Therefore, the nations went mad. This is, again, very much Revelation 13 language. As you get the two beasts, the beast from the sea, which is the political beast, all earthly governments, and then the second beast, the beast from the land, which is a reference to false teachers, false religion in this world. And the idea that comes in Revelation 13 and over the next few chapters is that 
really just this, that the beasts make the earth drunk on idolatry. And so has Babylon done as well. The reason for all the connections I'm making to Revelation here is because Revelation very specifically connects back to Babylon. It uses Babylon as a, a code word, as a, a safe, <laughs> safer way to say Rome. As Christians were already being persecuted and suffering in Rome, if a soldier caught you with a copy of Revelation and read that it was written against Rome, well, that would only make things worse for you. But if they read it was written against Babylon, well, Babylon's been gone for 600 years. What is this? This is, oh, this is just foolish. They might let you go. Anyway, so Babylon and Revelation is Rome. Uh, they're the two major powers, Babylon of the Old Testament, Rome of the New. And they represent all of evil in the earthly governments in this world. That's the Revelation picture. Back here to, however, Jeremiah's time. We would have healed Babylon, but she was not healed. In other words, she did not repent. And this is true of our day as well, that in Christ, all the sins of this earth are forgiven. However, there are those who choose to cling to their sins and rather than confess their sins and rejoice in the salvation that comes from Jesus. And so they're not healed. Christ died and he won the forgiveness for them already, but they reject it just as Babylon has rejected the healing that the Lord would have given. So God warns everyone to get out, to return to their homes, because Yahweh is going to do this great work. And then the people, when they get to return to Zion, which has been promised in the book already, when they get to return home, declare the work of Yahweh. This is a common thread and theme throughout the Old Testament that you you declare the works that God has done for your people. You teach them to your children. You teach them to the sojourner among you so that they might know who God is and what he's done. That's a common theme as they come out of the Exodus. Exodus chapters 12 and 13 in particular, you can read that way. So again, it's the Persians or the Medes that are going to do this the end of verse 11, vengeance for his temple, maybe a family conversation, be a historical one here. What did Babylon do to bring about God's judgment? You can talk about how they destroyed God's people, Judah, carried them into exile, but also destroyed his holy temple, his house where he dwelled with his people, and they took his, his stuff. They took all the holy utensils and vessels, and they took them back to Babylon and started using them to worship Bel, or Marduk, as he is referred to in verse 44 today, uh, the chief god of Babylon. All right, so as we move down, verse 13 sounds an awful lot like our own land that we live in today. O you who dwell by many waters, rich in treasures, so the waters bring trade, they bring merchants, and so forth. Uh, So rich, luxury, uh, yet your end has come. Yahweh of hosts has sworn by himself. As we come down into the next paragraph, uh, verse 16 is a great image that God just has these storehouses in the heavens, like a barn, right, that are filled with wind. And when he wants, he opens the barn and out comes the wind and it comes and ravages the earth. I don't know that we should necessarily believe that literally, that there are barns in heaven filled with wind. However, it's this is the picture of God's authority over all of creation, that everything is his, even the wind. And as we know from Jesus stilling the storm in the New Testament, when he speaks, it listens to his very command. Every man is stupid, verse 17, is a comparative. 
Uh, compared to God, we know nothing. Um, and we are fools while he is wise. Verse 17, part, well, I guess, B. Every goldsmith put to shame by his idols because they're false. And so the, the falseness of his life's work is going to be made known. He's put to shame because he didn't do something of value. Verses 20 through 23, you are my hammer and weapon of war. I will break nations, break in pieces many things. The hammer is Babylon. They have been God's tool, his weapon, his method of judgment for all the nations. And yet, because they have not been faithful, he will judge them too. This is important. So Romans chapter 13 comes in on this. Uh, Romans 13 teaches us all governing authority comes from God. He gives to them the power of the sword. That is the power to execute death and judgment in this world. However, they are still accountable for him. They are not exempt from his judgment because he has given them authority in the sword. In fact, you might argue the opposite, that they are all the more accountable in the day of judgment for how they have used that authority and responsibility in this world. This could lead to a good conversation with your children about who has God given to wield the sword over us, where we live, and how are they doing? How can we help them? We can't help them wield the sword necessarily. We can't wield it for them. But how can we help them do what God has given them to do? How can we encourage them to be faithful? Might be good conversation points. So Babylon is the destroying mountain, but God is against them. Not even a stone shall be taken from a corner to make a, a foundation. The worthless is the reference there in that paragraph starting at verse 25. So, so devastated will they be. Verse 27, Ararat, Mini, Ashkenaz are all areas of Medea to the north and the east of Babylon. So the kings of the Medes are going to come against her, the king of the Medes, as well as the governors and so forth, and destroy her. The warriors of Babylon ceased fighting. Her bars are broken, and verse 30 is a reference to gates. So you would close your gate and you would put a bar across it, like we lock a door um, probably a lot more solid though and these are even these are broken the city's defenses mean nothing the messengers run from one to another to declare that babylon is destroyed as we come down into verse 33 yet a little while the time of her harvest will come sounds like jesus words in john chapter 16 verses 16 through 19 where he frequently says a little while and you will see me a little while and you will not see me References, by the way, to his crucifixion, and then they don't see him, and then his resurrection, and then they do see him for a little while. This connects also, though, then to Jesus saying, I am coming soon in the book of Revelation, three times in chapter 22, the final chapter of Scripture, which is great news for the Christian, but for the unbeliever, terrible news. It is God's judgment falling upon them. Verse 34, Nebuchadnezzar has crushed me. The me there is Jeremiah. Um, again, common language, especially verse 37 for judgment throughout this book. All right, skipping ahead here, verse 44. Again, Bel, or Marduk, is the chief god of Babylon. Makes him sound like a river. Uh, that is, the nations will no longer flow into his mouth. God will take things out, so the mouth of a river. Or you could just think of a, a large beast that eats all the things it can find, and, and the Lord will rescue everything out of its hands. 
Let everyone save his life, go out from the midst of her. That'll be that way on the last day. We are to be alert and to know that the Lord's judgment is near. Um, His return is near, and so we don't want to be caught up in the things of this world when Christ returns. We want to be faithful, found faithful, when he returns. Ruler is against ruler. Sounds like Mark 3.24, where Jesus warns that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Foreigners have come into the holy places of Yahweh's house, verse 51. That was forbidden, for one thing, but they have not only walked inside, they have desecrated it. They've torn it down. So destroyers will come out from God against Babylon. No matter how much it might try to fight against God, it will fail. Verse 57, I will make drunk her officials and her wise men. They shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not awake. This is actually how Babylon falls. As you come to Daniel chapter 5, you can read this. Belshazzar um, making a feast for all of his officials and his guests and his concubines and and so forth, and they get drunk. They have a merry feast. And yet Daniel, while they see the writing on the wall from a hand, uh, mene, mene, tekel, parson, and Daniel interprets it for them as their, their end, their destruction. And that very night is when Cyrus, king of Persia, invades and destroys them. Babylon, the greatest nation in the world, falls in a single night. So verse 57 may very literally have actually occurred. I can't tell you if if Belshazzar was caught sleeping or not. Um, But again, a midnight raid that came against her. Verse 58, the people's labor for nothing, the nations weary themselves for fire. Very much connects to Matthew chapter 6, the idea that we should not store up treasures where moth and rust destroy or thieves break in and steal, but instead store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Babylon the Great did all these many things that the world would see as great. They built a great army, a nation, an empire, an economy, and yet none of it mattered. None of it endured. It all fell. So it is with our works as well. If they are not done for the Lord, store up for yourselves not things on this earth, but treasures in heaven. All right, lastly here is Jeremiah sending word to Babylon itself. Uh, So he's done this before, and back I believe it's chapter 29, he sent with the king's messengers to Babylon to speak to the Jews, the people of God who were exiled there. Now he speaks, we don't know to who. We're not actually told who Sarah says this to. Does he speak to Nebuchadnezzar? Does he speak to the Babylonian people? Does he speak to the Jews? Does he just go out in the middle of an open space and say it to no one? We're not told, but he's to read everything that has been written about this judgment against Babylon. Jeremiah has it all written down, gives it to Sarah. Sarah reads it, and he ties a rock to it, throws it into the Euphrates River to be an active, living prophecy of the idea that Babylon shall sink just as that message sank to the bottom of the river, they will be destroyed. Thus far, the words of Jeremiah makes it almost sound like the end of the book, but we know it's not. Come back for tomorrow as we conclude the book of Jeremiah.